Welcome to the Endurance Asia podcast and part two of the recap episode for the Hong Kong Four Trails Ultra Challenge. If you haven't taken the time to listen to part one, I do recommend going back and listening to that first, um, hearing Solomon and and Virginie's uh, amazing story of their suffering and survival, suffering and finishing, just an incredible. Uh, this episode, we are joined by Jackie Lung talking about his just unbelievable Breaking 50 story uh, and what an such a humble, just great human being. Uh, really love speaking to him and, and love listening to it and just so unassuming and um, can't wait for, for you to hear it too. We're also joined by the challenge director as well, Andre Bloomberg, to to hear his perspective of the front row seat leading the uh, the event and uh, and his perspective on how all of the uh, athletes performed over the course of the one, two, three days. Please go ahead and like and subscribe on the social channels, on Apple or whatever podcast platform you are listening to this through. We really, uh, we really love putting this on, both Rick and I. We've got some unbelievable guests that are going to be coming up over the uh, over the next few weeks so please subscribe please get involved um, and yeah we look forward to uh, many more episodes in future so with that here we have the legend the living legend that is Jackie Lung like the truthful story if they ever ask stop the complaining because things ain't that bad Jackie Lung Welcome Hi, onto fun. the Endurance Asia podcast. Oh my God! Congratulations! <laughs> Thank um, you so much. Scott. Oh, mate, we we missed you last year, and we'll get into that. But um, but truly one of the most impressive endurance feats, not just in Asia, not just in Hong Kong, but like uh, across the ultra running world. Like it, you've really just like made history yesterday, and. Uh, two yeah, days yeah, ago yeah. now so mate first yeah. thing first thing first like how are you feeling um sort of 48 hours later uh actually uh now i i am feeling uh recovery quite well maybe 50 percent uh, at least uh, this morning i can go up to high west uh, a small hill and uh, for a little hiking for 7k so uh, walking up the stairs and walking uh, and also walking down the stairs is just normal yeah i feel so good uh, that is that. just yeah. so ridiculous to, to, to hear i mean obviously we just um, we just spoken to salah everyone would have heard that and um and he is like completely ruined so to hear that you went out hiking up to high west which is like one of the highest points on hong kong island is crazy um but we, yeah, we met yeah, last year jackie we um you you did the the four trails yes, last yes. year obviously you've like I won't go full into your yep. backstory because we haven't got a massive amount of uh, of your time but i mean you've been a synonymous with the ultra running community uh, but last year you did it in in 58 hours right um and yeah 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 
Um, and so I remember watching the, the video of you at the fish, finish line because I missed you there. But, um, but Andre asked you then, next year will be the reunion. Um, will yeah, you come yeah, back? Yeah, yeah. And this is after you just finishing in 58 hours. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you actually, were you, and you said, sure, and you shook his hand and you and Pong were there and you're like, if he does it, I'll do it too. Did you mean yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, did, yeah. did you decide at that point that you were going to come back? Uh, actually, uh, maybe it's just a polite uh, response yeah. uh, at that moment. And then uh, afterwards, uh, when Andre opened the registration, actually, I, I tried to delay my submission uh, for a few hours later so that uh, I'm sure that I'm in the waiting list so that I can support the event but uh, actually, I don't need to run again. So, <laughs> so that's why uh, I, I just uh, want to put myself in the wait list instead of just going for, for a run <laughs> this that, year. That's hilarious. So, and to be honest, if it wasn't for a global pandemic and the fact that no one could travel and no overseas yeah. runners could come into Hong Kong, yeah. you probably yeah. wouldn't have made it off that wait list and uh, into the actual yeah, race, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it was and, only in uh, December, so, right, that you that you got your slot confirmed. Yeah, yeah. So it's 9th of December, and uh, Andre sent me an email, and I spent a day to think about it, and then uh, I think I should run again, but it's just for the memory refreshing. And uh, so that's why uh, I just want to uh, maybe run a little bit faster than 58 and go again, just like this. And also, uh, this is a very special game and, you know, it's all the all-star game. So I think it's my honor to participate in it. Uh, although I'm not a star, but I love to join the same event with Stones, Tom, Bong, Solomon. They are so famous, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, so I mean, what that means is that you weren't training when when you. I mean, you mentioned Stone Solomon, Tom. We're not quite sure. I mean, he's he goes incognito, he goes under the radar, so you know he's yeah. not on Strava. You can't see his training block. But we yeah. knew for a fact that that Stone and Solomon, they were training to do it in sub fifty, and they were yeah. quite open about it. Yep. Um, and whereas you, like, what? How had your training been? Um, geared towards the four trails like were you actually like specifically training for it up until you got the spot uh actually uh at the same time from uh around maybe the end of october uh, until january uh because there is the hong kong hundred flats and also i got my trail running students uh, going together so uh, at that moment i tried to train with my students just target for a fast hundred and uh, and then I changed my uh, plan, uh, training plan after Hong Kong 100. And I uh, get eight days for uh, 280K. So uh, running um, the Wilson and also the uh, Hong Kong Trail together inside that eight days for my preparation for the four trails. So it's just a little change after the Hong Kong hundred, so it's it should be the mid January. I try to focus more on the four trails and and change my training plan at that critical week. 
So before right. it's just all all doing the 30k, 50k, or just for a fast 100k. Yep. That's crazy. So you did the fast 100k. What what did you? And this was the Hong Kong 100 route. So it was the um it was the virtual um. HK it's virtual. 100. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, my time actually, I. I ran with my friend and also my one of my students. So three of us together make if make through the hundred k, and uh, it's thirteen hours uh, thirty seven minutes. Yep. Okay, got you. So thirteen hours thirty seven minutes. So you weren't actually sort of like pushing yourself to the limit. You were you actually like um, running with someone. And I say that because you came out and actually did the Mac um, in thirteen hours and in fact, thirteen hours flat. Oh, no, sorry, 13, yeah. 19. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you did it in 13, 13 hours and 19 minutes, which yep. in comparison to last year, actually, was like was like two hours, 20 minutes quicker than oh, yeah, you'd yeah, done yeah. In, in 2020. Like, yeah, yeah. just such a huge... Had you actually... Did you plan to do it that much quicker? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in my original plan, uh, it's uh, 13 hours something for my Manly Holes uh, trail. Uh, this year for trails so uh, it's in my plan right and so I suppose the, that begs the question what changed from last year to this year how did you how did you manage to be that much quicker uh, I think uh, one of the critical points last year I I uh, consume a lot of time is the resting because I total slept for eight hours last year or rest for eight hours last year. So this year I want to, really? yeah, yeah. So this year I want to push uh, maybe under 55 or just a faster than 58. So I, I have a question whether I can cut down all the sleeping time and just uh, intake, just eat and then just sleep in the car and then once I arrive and then I just go running. So what is the answer for my question? I just want to find this answer this year. So that's why my plan is just to cut all the sleeping time. So try to squeeze faster. Yeah. Interesting. Um, eight hours is like a huge amount of sleep in, a, in an event like this. Yep. But, but still, you were like moving really, really quick. Um, what had you kind of changed in your training um, from from year to year? So, I mean, you mentioned that you were you were training for a fast 100K. Mm. You're a physiotherapist. You're a, a running coach as well. So yep. you obviously work very closely with a lot of other athletes. But yeah. What had you changed within your own running plan to be able to improve your ability year over year? Yeah, yeah, this is a uh, very interesting. Actually, uh, uh, during my training with my students, actually we do a lot of, um, you know, the Jardin Lookout, the Wildlife Hill, and also Sumasan. We do a lot of uh, stair jogging there, so we keep on um, every week uh, two times such training for jogging up those three hills but sometimes maybe three hills sometimes maybe two hills sometimes maybe one hill so it depends on the phases of the training and uh, but uh, it really improved my uh, lattice threshold and also uh, improved my muscle power so I think uh, this is a very big changes for my recent fitness and uh, I think uh, it's quite effective for myself 
Yeah, well, it, it definitely seemed effective. And um, is there anything else you've been doing in terms of strength and conditioning or any diet changes you've made? Or um, uh, like, uh, are you doing any pa extra power stuff apart from just doing these extra hill, hill training? Uh, actually, for the diet, it's just normal. I also eat meat, so I'm not vegetarian. So I just uh, stay the same. And um, but I think... Uh, and also for the strengthening, um, I think uh, the stair jogging really gave me all the improvement what I need at this moment. So uh, no other thing uh, I did actually. Also, you know, uh, many runners uh, go for the interval training on track, but I did not do it at all. Yeah, I just uh, keep doing a loop uh, around the country uh, trails and do the tempo run there. So uh, I think uh, this is uh, quite good to build up my speed and also my uh, endurance. And also uh, more importantly is the uh, weekly long courses training. So uh, 30K up to even 80K. So I train a lot at, uh, for that uh, to build up my endurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. Very common method, no special method actually. Uh, and so back to the actual challenge itself, the um, so the McElhose you, in thirteen nineteen, and you transitioned to the Wilson. You mentioned that you cut out sleep this time. So when you when you transitioned to the Wilson, you just started straight away without like obviously ate some food, but um, but there was no real rest in between. Yeah. I stopped. Uh, actually, I ate uh, my dinner at Pet uh, Tam Chong. So after the medicals, yep. and then uh, I just take the traveling time for my digestion and also sleeping. So once I yep. arrive at Lam Chong, the start of Wilson Trail, and then I just um, once the car stop, and then I jump off the car and start to to go for run. But uh, my Wilson Trail is not so good because uh, it consumed for. Uh, over 15 hours so actually it's uh, quite tiring when comparing with uh, many holes so i think uh, this is my low moment uh, during the four trails yeah and what made it a low moment jackie was it the um because i know a lot of people talked about the heat and how busy it was on on the trails as well but did the heat get you on the on the second day on the wilson uh, i think uh heat uh, is one of the issues but uh most important is the snippiness for the first night and also um you know uh when i run on myself and i see nobody on the trail the loneliness the loneliness also uh, make me a bit low at that moment and also um you know uh i try to eat the cup noodles at thai wall and start running again and then i go to shutting past the noodle stand they still open uh, at the early morning but uh when i start to eat the second cup noodles i cannot digest even i want to vomit so i think at that moment my stomach got some issues but i think uh, that issues yeah. is not too serious so that uh, i can still eat and also um before the mtr i eat some siomai and drink a coke and uh, my spirit come back again and and try to speed up and walk normally at the Hong Kong side of the Wilson Trail. So I think uh, the overnight is um, the loneliness and also the snippiness is my enemy at that moment. Yeah. 
would you normally listen to music or listen to things on the trail? Was this um, was it oh, fairly no. new to you to spend? No, no you wouldn't. No, no, you would no. always no, just no, yeah. no. So okay. uh, although Andre uh, uh, just uh, restrict the rules by uh, just uh, not giving people the headphone, and I think uh, it does not affect me for anything. Yeah, because I don't rely yeah. on music. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, and so you you finished the Wilson strong. You mentioned that you weren't running with anyone. Like, were you aware with um, where sort of like how Tom was doing? And you would have obviously passed him at, um, yeah. at some point as Cloudy well. Hill. And um, uh, on Cloudy Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, how yeah. was he looking then? Actually, uh, I felt uh, quite strange because uh, I saw someone uh, walking very slowly when going down to Taiwan from Cloudy Hill. And then I saw the logo, the North Face. And I originally, I'm query whether he is a stone or a tom. But uh, when we come closer, I recognize him as Tom. And then I asked him, are you okay? How do you feel? And he said he got the, he got the abdominal pain and cannot eat and also when running down the stairs he feel even more painful for the abdominal so that uh he can just uh, barely walk down the stairs so um i and also he said uh he want to take a nap at cloudy hill but it's too cold and i said uh please don't take a nap there and maybe just uh, go down as soon as possible to eat something hot maybe you will get better and uh, at that time i i passed him yeah, and, and so did you see anyone else on the um yeah, have did you see Stone at any points along no, the uh, no, along no, the no, no, no. No, they are they are really the leader. They are very far away actually. And you started yeah. half an hour late uh, than uh, than Solomon and I think twenty minutes later than or is it yeah, uh, half an hour later than Stone and Solomon. So yeah, you would have always been behind but it was following at dot watching it was interesting watching your pace because you were still just like you were so consistent in your pacing i mean even though you say the wilson was was a little bit slower for you how did um how did it feel once you got onto the hong kong trail and and did you at that point um had you targeted a specific ferry to get at that point uh, my original plan to take ferry is the midnight, the 12 o'clock ferry. So actually I did not check the schedule and, uh, and I changed my running gears. So um, I tried to get myself as night as possible and uh, try to do maybe six something or even seven something for the Hong Kong trails. And uh, after I passed the midpoint of the Hong Kong trail, so that is uh, the park wheel, and I start to realize that uh, the sunset is still there. And uh, I think uh, I can squeeze some time to chase the maybe 10 o'clock uh, ferry or even uh, maybe nine. So I don't know. But uh, at the same time, um, my friend or even uh, the photographer uh, also said that a bong is just in front of you for two minutes. But at that moment, I. I don't have any motivation to chase him or even pass him because uh, there are still there is still the Lantau Trail I need to go through. I don't think that I should run fast to do just passing one people at that moment. So I just try to focus on maybe maybe can I uh, maybe I can catch the eight twenty ferry or nine 
old clock ferry. And uh, so I focus on the ferry schedule. And then after maybe maybe after 30K, I catch uh, Bong. And I saw him uh, really a bit soft or even um, maybe not so motivated. And uh, his jogging is, is steady, but a bit slow. And also uh, I asked him whether he's uh, chasing the 820 ferry or a 9 o'clock ferry. But uh, he said uh, he did not think about it. And also um, he said that uh, just following his feeling or following his heart. And I said, uh, for this time, I think uh, we can catch the 9 p.m. ferry. So maybe uh, we should see each other at the uh, pier number six. And then uh, at that time, I just uh, focus on my uh, ferry schedule and just uh, give a shot and go to the peak. And then uh, um, my friend said that after two minutes, uh, Bong also arrived at the peak. And but however, uh, he's a bit unlucky that uh, he cannot catch that uh, ferry. So uh, I, I'm the one to take the 9 p.m. ferry. Yep. Got you. So, and it's worth noting, so you and Bong, both finished at a similar time last year. He came in just before yeah. you uh, um, last year. No, 20, and, yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah, and, and close yeah, friends, yeah. like you, you've both raced together quite a lot. I think you've done the 160 Tornado on the Wilson as a, as yeah, a team yeah, or yeah, two yeah, in yeah, the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, Brandon Wong was um, videoing you uh, or, or uh, Pong at the end when they um, oh, yeah, get yeah. into your finish but he was saying that um, he was translating for me he was saying basically he was basically having a go at you for, and, and please correct me yeah. if I'm wrong but for dragging him to go so fast on yeah. the Hong Kong trail <laughs> to try and make the ferry he was obviously pretty broken already and you were like yeah. come on let's go so he pushed pretty hard to try and make that nine o'clock ferry right yeah 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 because uh because uh, I saw him uh, is really uh, low motivation uh when I caught him uh in Hong Kong trail so I just want to give him some um timeline or goals that uh to reinsure to we ensure that he can still do something he want to do because I know that he want to break 50 hours so I think a 9 p.m. ferry is still the reason for him to stick on the schedule. So uh, that's why at that time I tried to encourage him to, to catch the ferry first and then afterwards take a good rest and just um, maybe uh, reset himself to get well prepared for the Nantau Trail later. And, but however, that uh, he said that uh, at the end uh, he vomits uh in the ferry so i feel really sorry about this yeah <laughs> so your fault jackie it's got nothing to do with the fact that he did like a 13 hour mac and he was just absolutely smashing it and he was coming off the back of having done a thousand kilometer training block the month before and yeah, uh, and yeah, also yeah. had a massive gash in his knee after having an accident in training not yeah, in his knee and his shin yeah like the fact yeah, that he, um, yeah, the fact that he made it to where he did. But Jackie, back to you. You got on that at nine o'clock ferry, which gets yeah. you into Muiwo, um, yeah. with around ten and a half, uh, eleven hours to be able to complete yeah. the rest of the Lantau Trail and the four trails within yeah. within the fifty hours. You're getting yeah, yeah, the ferry yeah. over. What's going through your mind when you're when you're on that nine o'clock ferry? What are you thinking at that point? 
Uh, actually, I did not check my total time, so I have no idea. I have no idea about the possibility of breaking fifty because、uh, it is not my plan. From even my enrollment or even confirmation of the 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 start list, and、um, I just、uh, focus on eating, massage, and also sleeping、uh, during the ferry. Take it easy and just、uh, think about、um, if I can do something like last year.、Uh, just、uh, open my legs to run fast on the Lantau Trail. Maybe do it. For maybe nine hours something, or even ten hours something. So just、uh, just want to focus on the Lantau Trail like this,、uh, just regardless、uh, of the previous、um, the tightness of the three、uh, trails. And、uh, so I have no idea that what what position I was, and also what timeline I was. I. I just know that I can do maybe fifty one or even fifty, but no no imagination about under fifty actually. But once I arrive in Mui Wo, and Julian appeared there and welcomed me, and、uh, they were so happy that to see me. But actually, I feel quite calm, and I don't know why they are so happy. And then、uh, when I sit down for some rest and eating some congee、uh, at the start of the Lantau Trail, and he start to encouraging me, and、uh, keep saying "Ale, Ale, Ale," you know you are the one to make history.、Uh, you know、uh, the pain is just temporary.、Uh, you just keep go fast, and、uh, it, the pain, you know, just、uh, after the race. It it will be better. So、uh, don't think about the pain. You just go fast and you try to make it through. But at that point, he did not really mention about under fifty. He just said the word history, and I did not realize what does it mean. But once I start the trail and I look at my watch and I just realized that the time was thirty nine hours, twenty 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 four minutes. So at that time, I start to understand what his、uh, wordings of、um, history means,、um, and then I try to focus、uh, on the breaking fifty at that moment. So、um, uh, I try to make it maybe、uh, just like my practice run on the Nantau Trail. Maybe can I do the same for nine hours? So at that point, I start to. Focus on every movement and also the pacing.、Uh, try to make it as close to nine hours as possible. Yeah, something like this. And、uh, sorry, who's Julian? Ah,、uh, Julian Bonat. So the overstim guy in Hong Kong. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was part of your support crew for the for the whole challenge. No, no, just, no, 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 no. Just, uh, just, just my sponsorship boss. Come to cheering me up, and、uh, so I'm really happy and thank him、uh, for those、uh, sweet words、uh, to enlighten me, to change my mind from doing maybe 51 hours, but suddenly change to very aggressive goal under 50 hours. So that's that is the critical point. That's why I start a very fast turbo in the Nantau Trail. Yeah, that's. That's amazing, Jackie.、Um, and yeah, yeah how, what was your time in the、um, on the Lantau Trail in 2020? Do you remember what、um, what time you did there? 
seems uh, 11 hours 30. Okay. 11 hours 30, yeah. Uh, and that was yeah, to come yeah. in at 68 hours. So you were obviously feeling pretty good and, and, and moving well and went fast along the, the, the catch water there. You caught up with, um, with Solomon um, before Tayo. Um, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and how was that interaction when you uh when you caught up with him? <laughs> uh, actually, uh, you know, uh, during the start uh, of um, Nantau Trail, actually, Jono uh, was there also, and also uh, said that uh, oh Solomon uh, was just uh, forty five minutes up uh, in front of you. You can still have a chance to chase him, and I said I I am not the one to make under fifty, so uh, I don't get the needs to chase him. But uh, and then uh, once I realized the the plan and also the meaning of uh, Julian's words, so I start to try under fifty and then speed up all the catchment. And also uh, when I uh, try to uh, approach the Gao Lan Chong. Uh, so just uh, before fan fan out, and uh, I saw someone. Just uh, maybe I thought uh, it's just those uh, camper. Maybe take an early walk uh, on the catchment. So I felt very strange. And then when I get closer, I saw someone with the trail running um, costume, and also start to realize, oh, that's Solomon. That is so so shocking for me because i did not really imagine that i can catch him up and uh but uh, he was uh walking wobblingly there and a bit horrible for his shape and then uh, i asked him whether he's okay but uh he he cannot shout to me uh so his speaking was a bit low volume and then I, and i came closer and then he said that uh his stomach got problem and cannot eat and lose all the energy and then um, and then I try to pass him or even try to keep my running and then he start to ask me whether oh Jackie are you going to uh, break 50 and then I said uh, I really want to give a try and also I want to follow you and I want to finish the trail together with you because I know that Solomon is really on the timeline of uh, under 50 so that's why I'm really sincere to, uh, and also happy to be his partner, to go through the Nantau Trail and to make it together under 50, or, or even he can do it, or I'm even very close to 50 hours. I, 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 I feel very happy at that moment, actually. So I think, um, but uh, when he heard my saying, I think uh, he got motivated. He start his engine again and start jogging, and but I saw that uh, he, his um, energy level is really a bit low. He could not really catch up uh, the pace, so uh, that's why uh, I missed him um, before the trail into the fan now. So uh, I feel so sorry for him actually. Oh, look, don't Jackie. He's uh, he's like so proud of you, and he's uh, he he gave it his all out there, and he's, he did such a jo good job finishing in the fifty two hours. Um, but yeah. but back to yours, mate. And so you um, you carried on. You climbed out of Taiyo and and then sort of over to to Nongping. 
Um, yeah. Were there any parts of that last 30K, which is probably in my eyes, the toughest 30K in the whole of Hong Kong, yeah. let alone yeah. at the end of uh, when you've already run 270 kilometers? Like, were you, were you honestly feeling good? Like, because the way you were moving was so quick, but was there any pain? Was there any like, uh, like how, how were you feeling? Uh, actually, no pain at all. So my muscles and also my joints are really so strong. I don't know why. And um, but I think uh, my difficult time was uh, losing energy before Grand San. So that is the one after. So the second hill after Tai O, mm. and uh, because uh, I think uh, I don't eat. I did not eat enough so that I lose some energy at there and also climbing a bit slow but uh, and then I eat something and I we gain the energy again and then just uh, and also I watch my uh, I watch my time and I know that I have to hurry to on pain because uh, I know that I have to reserve at least three hours uh, to climb the Lantau Hill and also sun, the Lantau Peak and also the Sunset Peak. So I think, uh, yeah, those hills uh, before Ompeng was really my um, my slow moment, my bad moment. But uh, it's not serious, just uh, hungry and losing energy. So once it came and give some time for digestion and then my energy came back again, I can do a very strong power walk again. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, the most challenging is uh, I can only take all the water in toilets. Yes. And you know, uh, during the midnight, no, no kiosks uh, for, buy, for, for me to buy some hot stuff or even buy a Coke is impossible. So I have to carry a lot of food in my backpack to make sure my calories intake is enough and stable. Um, and also to make sure my last two climbing is uh, very quick to hit the under 50 hours. Well, Jackie, you like absolutely smashed Lantau Peak and Sunset Peak. And really like coming down off of, uh, off of, um, off of Sunset Peak, you must have known that you had plenty of time. And so were you yeah, still yeah, pushing yeah. it hard or were you just like gliding down at that point? Did, were you just, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I try my best uh, to push myself down because uh, I know that uh, this is a record time and I would like to do my best, give it my all to do my best for the for the record time. So that uh, that's why I did not slow down before the green the green pose. And, you know, I last year I just walked to the green pose just uh, Feel, feeling so gory and uh, at that time but this time I just keep running to the green post so try my best to uh, do my fastest time as as fast as possible so I did not really relax myself during every step of downhill Jackie yeah. absolutely incredible like what what was the um what was the feeling and emotion um, when you got to the green post box it kind of watching the videos uh, it all came out but yeah Tell us about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I saw the green post, I yelled and also it, it was a happy moment. But when I touched the green post and then I start to realize that I'm really lucky to be able to do this record time and also uh, it is under 50, which is something I did not really imagine for myself, you know, 
um, during my lifetime, I did not think that I'm the one thing ability to do any record time for any races. I think uh, I'm I'm used to be um, I, I got some podium, but I'm not the always champion, you know. But this time uh, I can get uh, breaking fifty, and also it's a record time. So I think all coming so so dramatic, and also uh, not so real for me. It's just a dream for me. So uh, that's why I cry cry so loud and um, I just think uh, I'm very lucky and I don't think I deserve this time or even my training doesn't give me the confidence uh, to achieve under 50 hours but uh, I don't know why I could do it finally so just uh, yeah joyful tears yeah so um, at this moment I don't think it's real now yeah, I still think it is a dream now. Jackie, you're just so unbelievably humble. Um, the, the kind of strap line we have for Endurance Asia is is ordinary people, extraordinary feats. You know, we're all we're all the same genetically, but then there's just some of us that are able to or that uh, just achieve these just crazy things. And I, I think it's just it was so unbelievable to follow and i think everyone that have seen the video or was there at the uh, at the post box to witness it just knows that they were witnessing history and witnessing something that will just um that will be uh just imprinted on their mind forever just that um yeah. and, and i can only imagine how it will be how it will be for for you like looking back in uh, and that but i think also it's important to note that you were the only one out of you. We've talked about Pong. We've talked about Stone, Solomon. We don't know about Tom, but the, these people were all actually gunning for 50. The fact that yeah. you kind of weren't and that you didn't train towards that and that you probably didn't overtrain going up to Oh, it, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah, put yeah, you exactly. in the... And, and there's a lot to be for people to learn from that. I mean, I think that sometimes people are so focused on the goal that that they almost just... Um, forget to rest, forget to look after yeah. themselves, forget to um, yeah, 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 yeah. To, to sort of give themselves the 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 room to be able to perform. Um, yeah, Jackie, mate, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. Thanks yeah, for sharing thank you. your yeah. your story. Um, we're uh, yeah, I, I think that um, you know what are you thirty eight now? When are you? When do you turn thirty nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, my birthday was uh, 5th of February, so just uh, 38 now. Yeah, so next uh, well, year, 39. Yeah. So, I mean, look, you're you're in your prime, right? I mean, this is your like prime endurance years coming up. There's a... Uh, um, oh, so, yeah. I mean, I know it's really hard, You although you did go out for a hike today, so you probably can talk about it. But what's next? What what do you see in your, um, in your future? I know it's difficult to plan with races, etc., but... But what would you um what would you like to be taking on as a, as your next challenges? Uh, actually, I enroll and uh, actually register the UTMB again. So uh, hope that I can join my second attempt for the UTMB because uh, my first attempt was uh 2011, so it's uh, almost 10 years ago, and uh, it was uh, 44 hours something. So I really want to do something quicker. And uh, I miss uh, UTMB a lot because of my job. I cannot participate UTMB every year. 
because I work in the school. So uh, um, this time I can uh, get the chance. I hope that the race uh, can uh, all can be organized uh, normally and uh, I can join it. So uh, I think uh, UTMB is my next one. Um, just want to be better. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we'd we love to see how you perform on that global stage as well, Jackie. Um, I think, uh, yeah, fingers crossed it goes ahead this year. But if not, I deferred to the following year, if not. But um, Jackie, thank you so much for being very yeah, generous with you. your time. Congratulations again from everyone yeah. in, the, like, in, in the ultra running community. Like, just what an yeah. inspiration, sir. In, enjoy it rest up and, uh, and and we'll speak to you again soon yeah okay thank you so much scott yeah happy to chat with you tell the truthful story if they ever ask stop the complaining because things ain't that bad andre bloomberg welcome back on sir after a truly epic epic weekend in hong kong the 10th edition how are you doing how are you holding up I'm doing great. I'm still on cloud nine after everything that I've been able to uh, experience from the uh, front row. So everything went really well and uh, exceeded my fairly high expectations. So uh, really, really happy. I mean, you're right. Front row seat being in Singapore and for all the people around the region, around the world following it. Great job on the um, on the tracking this year. The um, the dot watching was brilliant, but it's, I can only imagine what it would be like for you. And, and, and I'm like and I really appreciate you WhatsApping me. I was like, I felt like I had a front row seat because I was like, what's having you the whole way through and just had like running commentary. It sort of felt amazing. Thank you for that. But um, let's look at some of the stats from it. So you mentioned that it extended exceeded your expectations 18 starters this year yeah talk us through some what what were the sort of final scores on the doors yeah we had 18 uh, people starting everyone showed up as planned we got everyone started in the second uh, fashion exactly on the dot uh, as we had planned between uh, just past 6 a.m and just before 7 a.m so that went all really well then we had uh, 11 people completing the uh, the whole course, uh, out of which six have been finishers. So they completed within 60 hours and uh, we had five survivors uh, between 60 hours and under 72. In fact, uh, uh, under 70 in this case. So it was uh, probably a higher completion rate than what we would have in normal years. Uh, but I guess it can be explained by the fact that uh, we all only had partic- repeat participants this year and uh, I think the the atmosphere and the the community rallying around it was just uh, another level or two up compared to previous events uh, and uh, it was just uh, I think difficult for people to pull out because there was just so much going on around them and I think uh, people that were unfortunately not able to complete it they retired for legit reasons and not just because they retired yeah we'll, we'll get into some of um some of those because i do want to recognize um some of those but you're you're right that because it was a, a reunion year it's almost like it's like watching a series of a uh, of a of a tv show or something and people buy into the characters that are at, that are competing and people start to know their stories and see their journey it's happened in previous years you know people like jag people like abby that have like gone through three years all these people people know um, all the athletes out there people have like know them they've already um and they're already sort of like bought into them 
But it also, I'm mean, chatting to you beforehand. You said that the fact that these people have done it before, you know, like what is their why? Why come back to do it? And I th- were you surprised of the of the amount of people that even after not sort of on track to meet their meet their time, still dogged it out to just get to the to the green post box at all costs? There were certainly a couple of surprises along the way, both in terms of uh, world class performances as well as people that I would have expected to be able to get further or, or complete. But I think overall, I, I, I would have expected a higher completion ratio compared to normal years. Um, but I think my initial fear that I had when we spoke last time, Scott, before the event, that people may not be as motivated because I've done it before was somewhat unwarranted. And everyone of the 18 really, really prepared very well. And I think this was, I'm sure to due to many reasons, but I was really happy about this because nobody really took it lightly. I think they all put in the hard work. They all took it seriously. They didn't waste a slot. And they were all very committed and very passionate. And I mean, what, what else can you ask for as an event director, right? And it, and then it was really, everybody was all in. And this was so great to see. I mean, the 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 vibe at the start, although we had the social distancing, you, you could feel the energy, you could feel the excitement. They were nervous, they were they were moving around and couldn't get way to get started. And it was just fantastic. Yeah. I mean even speaking to Salah there before, he was saying that actually he was so nervous at the start line. Um and I mean, that just it goes to show like how much he wanted it. And I think that must be the same for a lot of the, um, well, for the, for all of the people competing. Let's talk a little bit about the few that, uh, a few that didn't make it. Because I mean, like, it seemed like everyone went out really fast. It, I don't know whether it was that reunion year, the weather or, um, or yeah, or what the factor was, but it seemed like the first half was some was some pretty impeccable times being being done up to the up to um, Shartin Pass and the Noodle Shop. Well, we we did start due to the uh, social distancing measures that we had implemented. We did start between two and three hours earlier than in normal years, depending on where you are in the Stegard start sequencing, and it was. Uh, uh, fairly coolish at the start, uh, perfect running conditions. And uh, so I think people were conscious of the fact that the weather forecast indicated a, a warmer day. I think they were trying to to bank in on the uh, on the cooler early hours. Uh, and uh, I think there were also, obviously, as we know, quite a few people that were very, very aggressive in their objectives in terms of going much, much below 60, uh, going below 50 even, uh, or being a survivor wanting to finish and so on. So I think generally people were, probably 80, 90% of the field were were, were quite eager and, and, and really put the hammer down from the beginning. Well, if you want to have a, an awesome achievement, I think that's what's needed. But but we all know that this is a high risk, high return proposition and uh, that it doesn't always work out. And, and this was clear here as well. So with some of the 
very experienced participants that were clearly deemed as maybe favorites going in and then them not completing. I think that's an indication of that there is really nothing that can be really fully predicted in the sport. And also that if you go if you go in hard, you may pay for it, right? And I think that is what I really enjoy about this. And this this go hard or go home mentality is uh, is, is is quite to be commended because everyone put a lot of effort into this, right? I mean, I don't think anyone trained less than six months, and and some of them a year or longer. And putting everything out on the line there on the day, I think, is is uh, is terrific. So uh, yeah, it was it was uh, surprising to see the the stalwarts of the sport, such as uh, Stone Jung and Tom Robert Shaw, to retire, uh, and and all for for valid reasons. And I'm, I'm sure they they continued much longer than your average person will probably have, recognizing the importance this event has in their in their mind and in their heart. Uh, but eventually, I think uh, they, they've, they've shown us they're all human as well and, and they're retired. So that was uh, interesting to see and I put a, put an interesting twist to it as well. Yeah, I was uh, chatting to, to Salah there and I'll just recap from our talk earlier. There was a bit where he's talking about um, going up Lantau and he felt like an old man and he was having to like grab the rocks on the way up and stop every few steps. And I'm like... That's what every normal person feels like. That is actually like <laughs> that is actually going up Lantau Peak. What a normal person feels like, and he's like all of a sudden he's just like shown that he's uh, he's human. But I mean, we'll get into it. But he was shown he was human in so many ways. Um, but like, just a shout out for for a few other the people that that didn't quite um, make it to the post box. Um, we had you mentioned Tom and Stone, but you also had um, had Mark as well, like a, a survivor from a from a few years back. Um, and Vic, one of the sort of very early, um, he was one of the very first to ever take on, um, and and obviously Sarah, all having. Um, I know Sarah had like knee problems. Um, yeah, how what what happened to the um, what happened to the other the other guys? Yeah, various various reasons. I think uh, the the most common one uh, were was sort of knee pain. Uh, a few participants suffered from that. Uh, and then also, I think the warmer temperatures had triggered challenges in uh, hydration, dehydration. And then what often is associated with that is uh, correct. Yeah, so nutrition not getting down, not getting being processed, and then loss of energy as a result afterwards, right? So um, so that was the most the most common one. And uh, I think George Chow uh, dropped uh, early on in Wilson because I think he had problems with his leg. So he hiked out to time I took and a couple of people had uh, yeah, stomach issues. So again, quite quite normal in ultras at, at this distance and, and, uh, and especially at the pace some of the people were going. What I really liked about Sarah was that she obviously came back for the fourth attempt in four consecutive years and she, I think, was very clear on her ambitions. She uh, progressed every single year previously, and this year was meant to be her last year and a final year. And obviously, she wanted to become a finisher, right? And uh, she knew what it would take in terms of pace to become a finisher. And she had a marvelous performance on Mecklehose. She did the 100 kilometers self-supported in 15 hours, 32 that's just what it takes to become a finisher. And 
it was it was quite bizarre because we had a staggered start and uh, Sarah and Nikki started about I think twenty or so minutes apart, and they both exactly finished in fifteen thirty two for the Mac, and uh, both of them came in high spirited and positive, and 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 Sarah was was very alert and. You would not be able to tell that she had run 100 kilometers and so on, but then uh, the wheels came off uh, fairly soon after. And as having spoken to Sarah, she said, uh, "It's not really any regret. It's it's just what I wanted to do, and I wanted to become a, a finisher. And I know this is the pace I need to do." And it was, she said, I think in her words, were, "It was great to feel like a finisher for one day, being the Meckler horse and and being at that pace." And um, so uh, I, I, I think uh, no regrets there. Of course, I'm sure she will be very sad, but I think she uh, she she is aware that that's what it takes, and also what the implications are if, uh, if you don't come around. Yeah, and, and look, she I, I was messaging with her as well, and she's just obviously it takes time to kind of decompose from it, but. Obviously, I don't think she'll be. You'll have a um, an application from her next year, um, but she's got like. A, a, an amazing career in ultra running and you will um yeah and she was i was like never say never because you sh- you've shown you've got the pace it takes to um to be a finisher and and i believe she will um she will get there at some point we have to mention chris as well she took a big tumble on the on the mac came in 17 hours 47 13 minutes before cutoff you mentioned that uh you're you're uh yeah everyone survived the mac you're you're getting a bit too uh a bit too weak on on your on your competitors nowadays but bloody hell i bet you're glad that you haven't shortened that time because what an amazing performance from her and uh to be able to come come in and survive in uh i think it was like 67 hours 60 yeah 67 hours or so yeah chris uh chris was quite busy this uh, last year for professional reasons and so on so she she wasn't able to put the time in into training and so on that she would have liked to. Um, and I think we all know how this works out sometimes with different life and, and family and professional commitments. Uh, but she she recognized the the importance of the 10th edition and she was keen to join and gave it her best. Unfortunately, she tumbled and she literally fell on all her fours. Both her knees were dodged, her palms were bloody uh and when i saw her going up time was shine it was uh it looked quite serious and her crew then reached out uh, to seek permission for uh, first aid which i obviously authorized and uh then that was uh, administered in in uh in uh, uh, uh reservoir and so on so uh that was good to see and, and but she continued on and soldiered on and uh she she became faster as the day as the days progressed and uh, put a very strong lantau trail at the end and uh, was super hyped uh, all smiles as usual at the end and uh, it was it was great to see it's it's such such a positive nature and attitude and and and, and just just unbelievable how how much positivity she exerts and because it was a tense addition in addition to spraying everyone with the usual bottle of Moët Chandon Champagne. Uh, we also gave everybody a Moët Rosé bottle. And, and we're not sponsored by Moët, so this comes all of, all of my own pocket. It's just the uh, 
the history and the, uh, the, the of the event. So we, we gave everybody a, a takeaway bottle of rosé as well, where we had written down the name and the the year and the time. And um, the day after, uh, Chris texted me and she said, uh, she sent me a photo of three bottles. So there was one bottle from her first time and then two bottles from this time. Uh, so two bottles were the spray bottles and then the rosé bottle was the one to keep, obviously still full. And I said, you, uh, when are you drinking it? She said, oh, Andrew, I'm not opening it. I said, why not? Well, I will only open it when I will become a finisher and I will come back. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and it was uh, very special. In, in fact, at the finish, she said, uh, after we've gone through the ceremonies, uh, she said, Andre, please reserve one of those XS size T-shirts for me. I will come back in two years and I will become a finisher. Uh, I have no doubt that she will do it as well. Just the um, seeing the videos of her just bouncing around with a smile on her face and obviously Virginie um, talking about when she passed her on, on Lantau, giving her some vitamins and some magnesium and just like just giving her a massive boost, which was a big proponent in her surviving as well. So, um, yeah, just, just phenomenal. Um, Andre, you messaged me. We were messaging a lot over the course of the three, two days, three days. But you messaged me before the end of the MAC, around 11, hour 30, 11 hours, 30 minutes in. There will be no sub-50. You heard it here first. Um, and that was quite <laughs> early to call it because at that stage, you you still had... Solomon had, um, had had was only six minutes off of his um, off of his planned time. Stone was way ahead of his. Um, you know, Tom had put in a, a decent run. Jackie had like two hours twenty minutes quicker than last year. What made you say at that point that there's no one going to do this? Well, I mean, obviously, I, I'm keen to sort of make some some predictions uh, sometimes then especially in this context then I you very uh, rarely do it publicly though <laughs> so sorry about making uh, that public <laughs> yeah no that's okay that's that's fine uh, but I I think I'm well known to to give people a hard time certainly leading up to the event and uh, and then during as well but then the, the the more they progress I'm changing my mindset as well and I really want them to complete it and I'm, I'm very, very uh, passionate about that, very emotional to, to see them and welcome them and welcome as many as possible at the finish line. But, uh, you know, Scott, sub-50 is a very, very tall order. And the the weather was not as extreme as in, in previous years. Uh, we've had a number of years where it was way hotter on day one. Uh, but this year, I think it was this, this consistency of, of, of heat, getting getting hotter and hotter as the days progressed uh, and the, the the weather forecast was quite accurate and uh, I just uh, seeing the people coming through at the end of the Meklehose after 100 kilometers and what sort of state they were in the, the expression on their face uh, demeanor are they talkative or not are they smiling or not that says a lot right and and I think you can you can tell a lot from that and uh yeah that was just my expectation at the time is it's going to be close but it's just not going to happen so uh and i've been proven wrong so uh and i paid for it <laughs> well i mean look 
there was a there was a lot of reason to feel that. I mean, the odds were pretty stretched, especially as it got into the um, the Wilson and the wheels started to come off for for a lot of the competitors for Solomon, for Stone, for Tom, um, and going on to the Hong Kong Trail though, you know, like. Solomon, he was like, he had pretty much known that he wasn't going to be able to do it then. But Stone at that time, obviously had some, had a niggling knee, but was still moving well and was still like on track time-wise. Um, were you surprised when, um, when, when Stone had to pull on, um, on Hong Kong Trail? I was extremely surprised. I mean, uh, Stone, I think, put a 12.35 in for the Meklehorse. If memory serves right, which is which is like a like ten minutes quicker than than Tom did back in back in twenty seventeen. Exactly, it was certainly the fastest time uh, on on the Mac ever in, in the history of the Four Twelves. Um, so this was a very, very strong statement. Uh, he then took a really longish rest at the end uh, in Pak Chung. He was sitting there, and, and and Ryan Blair, his crew, had done the. Uh, the 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 eighth station rolled out and the uh, the luxury buffet and and everything first rate uh, and they really took their time I think it was just so fascinating Scott to watch different strategies after the McLehors so some were just immediately ushered into the car and and driven away quickly to the beginning of Wilson Trail and then would uh, would rest there for a while others would just take their time and be calm and, and regroup. Uh, really stuck up the nutrition uh, and 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 washed down. Also, Solomon even took a shower there uh, out of the back of the car, and it was just fascinating to see uh, what the different approaches were, and then to see how how this pans out. Um, so, at the time, then Solomon and Stone. Uh, it looked really uh, strong. Then when we were in Checo again, we, we saw everyone coming through because Checo is really the, the, the quite pivotal point. We spoke about that last time. The, the two longest trails are behind you and then you, uh, <clears throat> you've you got Hong Kong and, and, and Lantau left. And uh, Stone looked really quite well and, and positive and timing-wise it was, was good. Um, and uh, I was sitting down for lunch in Czech O with, with my wife, Paper, and we were just uh, not bothering about anything. And suddenly the telephone rings and it says, uh, Stone Jung is calling you. And I said, oh, that's kind of hot. Uh, did he maybe get lost or anything? I knew he was on the catch water, so that couldn't really happen. So I was really very, very surprised. And he said, look, I... I'm a, I've got sad news and I, I really don't want to do this, but I, I, I don't want to cause permanent damage. There's something wrong with my knee and it's a new issue. It's not an old issue. And I've, I've tried to look around and, and make around uh, and, and try, try to try to mitigate it, but it's just not working and I'm going to pull out. So that was that was a big, uh, a big surprise for sure. Yeah, I remember messaging you at the time and I was uh, and I I was like, oh, it looks like Sarah's um, gone. And you're like, that's not all, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, what, 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 what? And I'm like, Stone, I'm like, no, no. Um, but Solomon was still moving along quick. And he um, he got, um, 
And like we and and his his quads were shot. We've talked about this with him before, but how he's still like he he's still pushed on through just from the like. I just love the dichotomy of like you know the chatting before. It's all about the head, the the planning, the meticulous planning, the and all of that just went out, and it was all about heart to get him to to get him to the the peak and and down to. I mean, he missed his target time obviously, but still getting on the ferry and. Um, even taking into account that that his legs were done, did you did you in your heart of hearts believe that he could in those thirteen hours I think he had to to do Lantau? Did you think he was going to do it? Well, before that, even at Chekhov, I uh, I think it is only due to the credit of uh, his his wife Manuela and and. Uh, various strings she pulled that he would actually continue after Wilson. I think he was so determined about the magic sub-50 goal, which is a very a very black and white number goal, right? Either you do 49.xx or you don't. It's not about the journey. It's not about inspiring someone. It's, 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 it's very, very clear. It's just a number. And if you're falling behind on your splits, it's very difficult for you to motivate yourself to keep going because all the splits are at the edge. There isn't really much buffer in there. So I think without Manuela, I think Salomon would have pulled out in Checo. And it was just so fascinating. And we all know now that that, that Salomon is the engineer and it's all about the, the, the head. Uh, and the meticulous planning that went into it, but it was just so amazing to see how that that switched, and it sort of dropped from the head into the heart and the emotions and all the messages that friends and co-workers and people from all over the world had sent uh, to to Salomon and and I'm sure Manuela had instigated a lot of that, and it really kept him going, right? And and I I uh, spoke to him as well briefly uh, before I set off to Hong Kong, and I said, look, I mean, it's just just keep going, and uh, you don't want to regret not giving it your best shot. Forget about the the time. So uh, that was that was a bit of a surprise for me that he did continue in the end, but he did, and he did quite well on Hong Kong Trail. Um, there was a lot of traffic on on all the trails, and. Uh, the beginning yeah. of the Hong Kong section in reverse is Dragon's Back, which is probably one of the most iconic and popular trail sections in Hong Kong. It was this stunning summer day, 25 degrees, long 10, 20 kilometer views, blue sky, and epic views on Dragon's Back in these con- conditions. Then it was just a conga line. Uh, over over Dragon's Back, so and it's it's a fairly narrow area. There's not a lot of overtaking there, so it was difficult for participants to to go around and uh, and, and and find their ways. So it certainly slowed people down. Um, and then uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good to to see Solomon come through. It was then the other big question then was around the ferry times, as you know, right? So uh, Solomon, I think, had I the uh, uh, seven. Uh, 40 ferry as his as his a a goal he missed that he finished i think at the peak about 745 um and then he uh, rushed down to the ferry terminal and then he made the 820 ferry which in my view was still sufficient for him to to break 50 
given that Lantau is really his home turf and that's where he's, he did most of his training. He lives on the island there and and uh, it was it was good to see him make that ferry. Uh, so then uh, he arrived in Lantau around uh, 10 past nine. So he had about 11 hours 30 left to complete the 70 kilometers. Sorry, yeah, not 13 hours, uh, 11, 30, 11, yeah. 11, 30. Yeah. But then a little bit to my surprise, he didn't start right away. He went to... Uh, and, and shout out to Lanta Base Camp for for them graciously uh, opening their doors around the clock for participants. He went there and uh, and had some more food and, and rest a little bit. And I was getting a little bit nervous. I was thinking either he's very confident he can pull it off, or something is wrong. So eventually, then he started. I think he had uh, eleven hours seven or eleven hours ten or so left to do it. And at the time, I was still quite confident he could do it. It may sound like a big ambitious goal, but uh, on fresh legs he can do it in eight hours. Um, so I was I was fairly fairly optimistic it could do that in in eleven hours. But then, uh, as it unfolded, then he uh, he moved fairly slowly. He was steadily but slowly, and 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 the time was sort of ever so gradually slipping away for him. Out of nowhere, well, in fact, firstly before that, when we were chatting beforehand. We obviously knew of uh, of Tom Solomon um, Stone that were um, that were all pushing fifty, but also Pong, who was kind of a bit of a dark horse, had put in an unbelievable training block in the um, in the prior um, the prior few months. Was coming into it with a bad injury, but went off in like a, a crazy pace. We he also actually like um, made it to in pretty good time to. Um, to get onto the Hong Kong Trail, yeah. How did you feel about um, about Pong's performance, and did you believe that he was going to be able to um, he was going to be able to make it to to Lantau in time to give it a push for fifty? I I did not expect Pong to start in the first place. Uh, I saw his uh, injury, which he sustained in a training run uh, just two and a half weeks prior to the event on twenty fifth of January, and it was a deep long gash on his left chin and uh i when i saw this photo that he sent me okay i said that's it uh, he's not gonna make it uh, so magically he then showed up at the start and uh, he had this uh, this compression gear on on both of his legs uh, and i've never seen him running compression gear so i knew he would was sort of throwing all the technology added just to to start and then see how far he got. Uh, I, I then expected him to pull out and not even finish the McLaws because, again, the the wound could not have healed in that short amount of time. And I think he still had the stitches in as well during the event. So I was... Uh, Apparently they had to redo the stitches beforehand as well like uh this the stitches weren't hadn't been come out probably but it hadn't healed they had to re-stitch yeah. it up just before yeah the race. so uh and and he did uh he did he did quite well which, which surprised me but then obviously he he was in agony you, you I, I could see that from from early on and we were sort of on mclehose sort of 20k in and you could already see uh, this guy is not enjoying it and it's painful and yeah, for him to come through, uh, it was just amazing. And the, the 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 key moment was really when he had completed the first three, and we saw him coming off the ferry into Moivo, and he was sort of literally being carried by his single crew, and he was fully weight leaning on on the crew's shoulder to 
just get off the ferry and he was hobbling and it it looked pretty pretty grim for him he spent a very long time then at atlanta base camp on the couch at least two hours if not longer uh he got uh, a massage uh, a shout out to ruth andrews who, who happened to be there and, and uh, give him uh, a, a massage and and and, and uh, help him he also had uh, um gastro issues as well and he had thrown up a lot on uh, Hong Kong Trail and he wouldn't keep food down so that was another complication and uh, eventually he then he then started and made his way forward and then in Puyo he uh, he stopped again and, and 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 fell asleep he was then also overly fatigued uh, another interesting side story there was then a lady who saw him trying to sleep on the side of the road and then she said are you are you okay? And, and first she thought he's drunk or something, and then he said, "Yeah, I'm okay. I just want to sleep." And then she said, "Okay, come sleep in my car." So she she opened her car, and then he was sitting in the car and sleep there. And then his crew called him, "Are you okay? Why are you not moving?" Because I could see the tracker wasn't moving. No, I'm in a car. What are you doing in a car? You're not supposed to go into a car. No, no, the car is stationary. <laughs> I'm just sleeping here. This lady asked me to sleep at the car, so I followed what the lady said. And just so many stories, right? And eventually he continued, and then he was quite quite uh, steady in terms of making his way around. And uh, he he uh, finished in under 62 hours. So, yeah, it wasn't a finisher. He was a f- previous finisher, and he was clearly ready uh, for sub-50, and he trained a lot for it. And uh, if it wouldn't have been for the injury, I think he would have uh, certainly finished again and done very well. Well, I mean, what in, what is interesting, Andre, is that, the three people that kind of kind of publicly, I mean, certainly um, Stone and, and Solomon weren't um, weren't sort of backward in coming forward about their ambitions to break fifty. But Pong had also um, said to I don't know whether you, but certainly his friends and stuff that that was his plan. The person that ended up doing it is the person that never even considered or never even had it in their their plan, and, and in fact, not even until getting to. Lantau, not even until getting onto the trail on Lantau, did he realise that he was actually within a chance to do it. What's your your take on just a an unbelievable performance from Jackie Long? Yeah, Jackie Jackie was looking really, really good throughout the entire event and uh Jackie is a former finisher. But he struggled a lot in the in, in twenty twenty, especially in the first uh, trail. Uh, he looked so much better this year and, and he looked really composed and in control and at the same time not overexerting himself and paced really well and, and sort of always flew just a little bit below the radar, including myself. And I, I thought, okay, he's, he's, he's definitely on for top 60 finisher again and he's looking solid. Uh, I totally did not see him as a as a sub fifty contender um, until you're right until he, actually into the Lantau Trail. So, and and the reason that was the case was he was on a later ferry than Salomon, and the later ferry was a slow ferry. So there was one hour ten difference where he was one hour ten later. To hit Muivo than Salomon, uh, so that's significant. Then, then he took much less time than Salomon to get going and started, but Salomon was ahead, and and 
and Jackie just had a pace on Lantau that was just unbelievable. And before too long, he it was very clear that he was making up to Salomon and, and, and eventually he caught Salomon and overtook him. And he just never really slowed down. It was actually increasing in pace. It was just so bizarre to see. And eventually he completed the Lantau Trail 70K with a huge amount of vert in 10 hours, four minutes, which if you do it on fresh legs, that's a really, really stout time. But to do it with 228K already in your legs and 10 plus K vertical elevation, it's just amazing, absolutely amazing. And it was just uh, the most surprising thing I think I've ever seen. I, I'd have to agree. I mean, the fact that he he didn't plan to either and that he surprised he not only surprised you know everyone in the ultra running or ultra endurance community but also surprised himself um he talks about luck and uh there's there's just nothing to do with luck at all it's just like he's uh, he's just the amount of effort that uh, he's put into training and and he only obviously had a guaranteed place in december it's not the other the other guys have been training for a year for it in most cases and so I think there's a lot to learn from that for people that are wanting to attempt this in future. Um, what would you, yeah, what would you take as the kind of learnings for for any other people that you uh, you give entry to in future? Well, I think it it, it shows a couple of things. It uh, it shows certainly that Jackie has been at this sport for well over a decade, and I think it also shows that your best predictor for performance and success is your consistency of training week in week out months in months out year after year the, to have the consistency makes you ready for a really good performance on relatively short notice right so and uh, jackie had been on the wait list for about seven months and then only in early december only two months prior to the event he he got off the wait list and they got a confirmation and the the fact that he had performed as well as he did is is, is clearly an indication that he did not wait for a confirmed slot with his training he trained anyway and again this is in the in the times of a pandemic i think a good lesson for us all just just keep going at it and don't make your training dependent on a race that may you may get in or an event or a challenge just 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 go with it and and, and keep 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 at it and I, i'm sure that applies to jackie very much and i learned that he is had been a lot on lantau to do training and and had put a lot of sessions in there and i, I think definitely it has paid off Yes, I mean honestly, Andre. Like the whole weekend was just um, was uh, just such a showcase for for human endurance, um, and like everyone that we've had on, and like it's just like thankful for for you for putting it on for you and Paper. Like we can't forget your um, your relentlessly supportive wife for this event. The amount of work that she puts in. I, she's often behind the scenes, but she works just as hard as you and probably sleeps just as little amount as you as well. And um, so, yeah, uh, massive love and respect to, to paper. But um, 
Thank you once again for uh, for an, an historic uh, putting an event it was a historic weekend and um, and I'm sure yeah everyone appreciate the effort of all of the athletes and um, uh, that that went into it and for giving us all some hope in what is a pretty pretty harsh and uh, and depressing time globally and it was a it was a bit of joy that everyone um, got to experience over this past weekend and uh, I'm sure that everyone's got a different spring in their step when they head out for a run over this last couple of days knowing that if someone like Jackie can pull off a sub sub 50 anything is possible for anyone yeah I know that's right and that was always the intent that we, we we put on the event despite dire times and hopefully leave people with a bit of hope and uh, it, it, it certainly did exceed my expectations and it's been once again been terrific to see how the the whole community rallies around it and this time a little bit more centered around Hong Kong itself because all of the participants are from here, but we've seen quite a lot of people watching from, from international as well. Uh, there's just so many stories of, of, of people and, and everyone that participated really has, has, has some stories and good, uh, uh, good vibes. And we spoke about Jackie and Salomon, but then also uh, Lao Chun Man, who was a survivor last year, and he got married last year and he sort of downplayed it. Oh, Andre, I didn't really train a lot. And I, I saw him just sharing uh, cycling photos on, on Instagram. And I was sort of having doubts on how well he would be prepared. He absolutely killed it, right? And then Nikki coming back again and finishing again and and, and really struggling and, and and just getting it done again. And then Shaw Kin, the supporter of the event, since the very early days, I mean, he was in the second edition of four and three back in 2013 and came back in 2016 where he was a survivor, uh, just, just about two hours over 60 and coming back again and, and barely making it and 11 minutes to go to the sub 60. And now uh, you see uh, the slowest finisher ever. He took that away from Chang and Chang came back as well. was very nervous about the stake at start times and, and so on. But, uh, made it again. It was just just terrific. And Fanny Wu, I mean, just motoring along like a locomotive and just just gutting it out and taking eight hours off her, of a previous uh, time and being happy. And and it was just Virginie having huge amount of issues and being slower than previously. Clearly was on for a goal of finishing, but but didn't relent and just grinding away and. And, and just guiding it out and not bothering about the time anymore. And it just, 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 it was just so impressive. Every single person uh, has a story and it's just, just, just amazing. And, and we can't, we can't go without, can't go without mentioning Will Hayward. We were chatting about it beforehand, but his, uh, he, um, him and Sasha and, and the kids throwing in a little, uh, a little dancing a jig at the end as well. You requesting a hacker, which wasn't, uh, which wasn't quite honoured, <laughs> but it was. Uh, um, you're right, like just so many, like so many un- unbelievable performances. What a, um, what a group of human beings, and um, and yeah, thanks for for pulling them all all together. Hopefully, we'll be able to be up in Hong Kong to cover it in person uh, next year, and. Um, and uh, be able to properly spectate and, uh, and and see the see the green post box. But yeah, th- thank you for uh, for 
for continuing to invest your time, money and effort and into into putting this on every year. We, we really do appreciate it. Great. Yeah, it, it certainly has given me a lot of motivation as well and in my own training and, and sort of reaffirm my uh, my commitment to the event. And I look forward to continuing to, to put it on. And uh, I, I hope it also serves as a bit of a beacon of hope for other events to gradually come back and, and we move beyond virtual events and so on. And the uh, the pandemic uh, figures here are improving in Hong Kong, so hopefully uh, that that uh, stays the course, and we will see uh, an ever so gradually opening again of events. We hope so too, Andre. Um, with that, really appreciate your time. Um, enjoy the rest and recovery this week. You deserve to have some time off and put a bit of R and R for you, for you and Paper, and um, and yeah, we'll catch up with you again very soon. Cheers, Scott. Speak to you soon. Bye bye. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad.